0: Some points on uh, actually it's not just you, but pretty much everyone sings in Jairad the song, the last line, they sing Yamuna. But in this context, because it's a word joined with other words becomes jamuna or yamuna because it's joined with other words it becomes an adjective. So just like matura becomes mathuradish. When it's when it becomes a uh, an adjective when a noun is used as an adjective, then the first vowel in Sanskrit. So we can understand this is a Sanskrit song, not a Bengali song. <laughs> Could be either. So anyway, this, jamunatira. Another thing, you're saying namaste naras, you're trying namaste But it's in the first line of the song, it's Narasimhaya, But not in the last line. Is that? All right. Okay. I've heard it before. Also. Uh, so, uh, this morning, I'm going to speak about, first of all at least, about brahmacharis who are not well situated, who need to marry. Uh, This is not specific to anyone here, but it is a commonly observed phenomenon that some men who are brahmacharis need to be married, but they don't want to Uh, which is intelligent in one sense because brahmachari life in general is the best platform for becoming God conscious there's no diversions of which there are plenty in grihasta life and probably only those who have been brahmacharis and later gone to grihasta life can appreciate how much better the brahmacharya life is for being god conscious you have nothing to do all day from morning till night and even if you get up in the middle of the night you have nothing to do but to serve guru and krishna without the divert the unavoidable diversions of family life. I mean, even if your wife and children are very uh, cooperative and Krishna conscious and you don't have any uh, severe financial problems or even if you don't have to work, that's very unusual. You have some ancestral property or whatever so you don't have to work but still there are so many diversions just to administer the the affairs of the family what to speak of if the family members are not cooperative and one has to join the majority of the population in working like an ass for an ass to get some money, uh, then the family life becomes uh, in many ways an obstacle to becoming Krishna conscious. So, uh, there are those who are not really fit for for Brahmacharya life. They may have been previously, but in course of time various desires have become prominent in their minds and they're no longer fit for that that happens also that just like we see children they don't have manifest sexual desires so but that that, that they arise at some point in time so various desires may arise at some point in time. Ajamil was uh, of course he was a young grihasta, but he was a very uh dharmic grihasta. But upon seeing a Shudra embracing a prostitute, lusty dormant lusty desires swept over his consciousness. Just exactly, Jamil is a good example of that uh, verse from Bhagavad Gita in which it says that even one of, actually there are two verses in the second chapter that says that the senses can just be overwhelmed even by a person of intelligence who is attempting to control them. Which verse, neither of which I can remember just now what kind of brahmacharya <laughs> so uh, yeah so it, it's uh, intelligent in one sense not to be a brahmacharya but on the other uh, sorry not to be a or to remain in the grihastra ashram if one has thus entered but for some it may be better it's, it's another perspective it's actually intelligent to enter the Grihastha Ashram, if one is uh, not fit for remaining in the Brahmacharya Ashram, that means if if one uh, has continued difficulty in rising early and following all the programs, even if one is physically unfit, that may be a factor also. Um If one cannot cooperate with or get along with other devotees or follow authorities or if one is just generally dull and unenthusiastic, these are disqualifications for being in the Brahmacharya Ashram sometimes we see uh, brahmacharis who are practically disqualified from the they should never been brahmacharis in the first place so that's quite common in poorer countries like India and Bangladesh and, uh, people from poor backgrounds become brahmacharis and then the facilities which are there they they, they take advantage of and they're, they're like attracted to you know getting a motorbike to ride around on in the name of service or getting little gadgets that they would have never had in their had they remained in their social status. Uh, sometimes we see young boys they they join and within six months their bodily weight has doubled. Or more. (laughs) So from the very beginning, they're really not fit to be brahmacharis. They're they're not in the proper mood. But there are others who are serious about Krishna consciousness, but they're they're not fit to be lifelong brahmacharis. They're not. No, nothing to condemn them for. But some people are and some people aren't. And in India, at least, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, even today, the, the culture is better and supportive of renunciant life. So, we see there are many brahmacharis who take to Krishna consciousness and remain brahmacharis throughout their life. In the West, it's less common Croatia has a few more than most western countries That otherwise uh, there are very few who've made it all the way through in the west not to say that they can be especially if they're born of devotee parents not that they can't be, but generally we see that the atmosphere in in the Indian subcontinent, probably excluding Pakistan, I don't know. No, it's the same among the Hindus. It's the same culture there also. So it's uh, it's more supportive, what, despite Bollywood or Tollywood or whatever. In Tamil Nadu, they have Tollywood. Just for your information. <laughs> Despite that, uh, the, the culture is more supportive for Brahmacharya. So, but there are some who join with, seriously, they want to practice Christian consciousness. So they come with the idea of remaining all their life as a Brahmacharya. They're attracted by that ideal But there comes a point in which they should marry, but often then they're not ready to uh, admit that. Maybe, well, there are different cases. Someone may think, well, you know, just, you know, let me hang on. Let me try and hold, hold on, hang in. But usually those who are just hanging in, they don't hang on for very long. There are others whom it may be some kind of uh, prestige issue. They don't want to lose the prestige or whatever or show that they are not fit for that. And there may be others who are just like terrified of the thought of going into family lives having seen the difficulties that their own parents or their own friends or whatever have been through. But some or are going through, and in such cases, it's very difficult to get to communicate that to those who, for their own benefit and for, those, for the benefit of others around them also, who they who they tend to disturb because they're such. Out of date brahmacharis, or, you know, they've, they've over. It's like you have on the packet best used before, their time has run up. So, they tend to disturb others, also. So it's very difficult for anyone to communicate that, Look, Prabhu, you really need to get married. Several times I've had the experience of in discussing the uh, the misbehavior or unusual behavior of certain brahmacharis with Basu Ghoshpuru who will just immediately say he needs to get <laughs> he can you know he can just immediately understand that and I'm, I'm seeing you know I, I don't necessarily see it from that perspective because my my general perspective is that, or better they all stay brahmachari, But actually it's not. In some cases uh, it's really better that they get married. It may take some time for the, them to come to that realization themselves. But uh, I, I, I'm not saying this with any, again, I'm not saying this with specifically with anyone in mind here, but as a general principle because I do see it from time to time and such devotees like i say they they just disturbing themselves and disturbing others by not not admitting that they need a change so uh, again we we don't want to encourage those who are well situated in brahmacharya life we don't want to encourage them to enter brahmacharya life i mean it's not that to remain a brahmachari, one has to be 100% free from material desire. That's why we're in the brahmachari ashram. Otherwise, you could be a paramahamsa from the start if we didn't have material desires. But uh, those who are not able to keep them in check well enough that they're that they're able to go on basically happily in devotional service... Without their mind being tortured by various desires, or, or if they're just uh, they're just not renounced enough. You, know, they're, they're, you see, if someone you can see it's, it's, it's some brahmacharya he's dressed in nice clothes and has so many gadgets and this and that, and you understand they're not in the right ashram. They have, a, they have a fascination for collecting all the latest iPods and this and that this, whatever the thing may be it may also be that it it, it often happens that a brahmachari who's in management especially in the West they have to deal with so many female devotees and then it's it's not it's not a very It's not a very suitable thing for Brahmacharis to do. To have to deal with so many ladies. So it just looks better and it's easier for them to deal with, if they have to regularly deal with women, it's easier for them to have a, it's it's better situated for them to be married and also they have a wife who can help them deal with all the ladies. It's a uh, it's it's better and more suitable like that, that, that which just reminds me there was one case in uh, Gunarnava Prabhu was the temple president in Vrindavan he was a brahmachari temple president of Iskand Vrindavan and he had to deal with so many matajis and he wanted to get married and some there was one Sannyasi, who apparently insisted to Prabhupada that he take sannyas, he was married before, but it was seen within a short time that he also, even though he left his wife, he wasn't fit for sannyas. He didn't maintain his sannyas, unfortunately. But he was saying to this, to Gunanava, come on, just get out of this situation, just remain a brahmacharya. This came to Prabhupada's attention. Prabhupada said, no, but he stays in Vrindavan and marries and continues this. The service he's doing is is more important than him remaining a Brahmacharya. Prabhupada is very satisfied with this service. Plus he had a British passport, which was very helpful in those days because uh, you didn't have to get a visa for India. So... Uh, Some considerations about this. So maybe, maybe uh, this recording could be played to if if one sees such persons, kind of indirectly give them the hint that Prabhu, you're not properly situated. We do see some Grihastas who are dynamically serving, but mostly because the time just the time is taken up in other activities that they don't. They don't get that opportunities so they have to project their consciousness into materialistic activities. So better to stay dramatory. But for some maybe better not. (laughs) Alright, so that's all I have to say about that for now unless anyone else has anything else to comment on about this or question or whatever. Oh, I have just one more point about that. Sometimes we see that Someone who wants to get married, or they may pull out of that and go on. There are also cases of that. Pull out of that and go on, and uh, and be good brahmacharis and even sannyasis later on. Yes, so. Mm. supposed does that mean that we can the Does that mean that we cannot have one on I, I couldn't. I, yeah, I, the question is that I wrote in my book Brahmacharya and Krishna Conscious that Prabhupada recommended homosexuals to get married. And, uh, and, but I wrote something like it doesn't seem very practical or something like that. I can't remember exactly what I wrote. You can remember better than me, you read it recently. Well, I had an experience with, uh, one devotee who was homosexually oriented who agreed to my proposal that he marry, but he just, he didn't actually marry, but he was associating, as they call it, with one young woman devotee, but he just couldn't get into it, he just couldn't get inspired. <laughs> So should we see on a case-by-case basis Yeah, I guess so. Mm. That's true with everyone. I mean, there are general principles for for, for everyone, but we have to see on a case-by-case basis how to, how to apply the general directions of guru, sadhu, and shastra. It becomes... It's particularly difficult in, at the present time in which we're trying to Establish or re-establish Varnashram with very little idea of how it actually works, of experience of how it works, and with uh, people compl- to a large extent they're uh, even in India they're, they're out of that consciousness, whereas previously they. It was especially the uh, the Varna matter. It was pretty straightforward. People are born in a certain family and they just do what their father did. But that all broke down with the beginning of industrialization. It wasn't necessary. I mean, it was quite liquid also. I mean, there were whole, whole jatis who just changed their status. Um, there were... Uh, I mean, it wasn't that previously that, that people from Shudra background didn't become wealthy, or they had some of them were landowners. They, they were officially Shudras, but some of them were businessmen, and many Brahmins they they did business also. I mean, I'm talking about from the British period, where I, I guess things started to break down in the British period. Break down in a in a more dramatic manner and now it's just a it's a mess that's all but still in uh, still in India to a large extent maybe the, especially outside the, the cities you can see I mean you can just see people they, they are. They imbibe the characteristics of their of the traditional jati. Jati, what does jati mean? Social grouping. Hereditary social grouping. So just like recently I was at some farm project where I have a pilot guru call and i I just noted, and I later noted that to Madhav Gopinath Prabhu also, that they're wasting their time with these boys. They should be plowing the fields. They're not fit for studying Sanskrit or any such thing. I said, I, that's what I, I said. I, just what I thought with being there two or three days. And he said, yeah, everyone who goes there thinks the same thing. <laughs> you can just see these boys. Because I said to him, he's running a guru call also. Don't, don't, don't put these if boys are not fit for it, don't try to make them into Brahmins. It just doesn't, it's not good for them or for anyone else. So that's just one example. From a very young age, they're not even ten years old, but you can see they're just... their shudra mentality. It's not to condemn them, but it's just a fact. And it's better they're treated like that and educated like that and raised like that educated means like that they can draw a plow they can water the water the garden or make pots or make baskets or whatever shudras do various things but then it's it, it's no use to teach them all this sanskrit and all this so yeah in the modern age things are all in general things are very mixed up and unclear, so it becomes it's a great challenge to establish varnashram. No doubt. But it should be attempted under Srila Prabhupada's order. Yeah. Anything else? Some they worries a brahmacharized for a while and then they and start thinking then, so, of getting married. When they get married, all of a sudden they see the need for getting married and maintaining a family. So, that's when I think, you know, do you think, that is the reason why if the local ISKCON temple is not able to support them as GRIHASTAs they have to find their own ways to get money. And that's one reason why people who are not really fit to be brahmacharis remain as brahmacharis. Yeah, that's I mentioned that, right? They're just terrified of the prospect of they see what family life entails and they're just you know, they don't want to get into it even though they even one sannyasi who's of Iskon, who's passed away now, he told me, and it seems he told several others also, that uh, actually I would have been... I'm not really fit. I should have been a Grihasta, but because Prabhupada gave me sannyasa, I want to see it right through to the end. And he did. Yeah, so it it may be that some, they're, they're just... They just don't want to take it, they don't, they don't want to get trapped in that uh, difficult situation. When you, as a Grihastha, in a financially and works, in, in terms of finances and work, you're in a considerably better position than most others in this country. You're, in, you're probably in the top. Ten percent in terms of uh, income, and also in terms of not having to work such long hours. Well, that's a good fortune for you. But still, most of you know the the, the great amount of your time and energy and anxiety and everything goes for in your family. And what to speak of those who. You know they just they just have to work very long hours and they can even then they can hardly make enough to maintain their families and when there comes for a marriage it puts them in debt for the rest of their life so it's it's really uh, not a very relishable proposition so then you see some devotees who are the They're brahmacharis, but they're not really fit to be. And they go on throughout their life like that, but not well situated. Well, again, therefore, Prabhupada wanted the farms where people can, can live peacefully in family life. But then again, there are many who, even devotees, who... They, they just don't want to go to the fan. They think it's too austere. They'll take the austerity of working 14 hours a day so that they can sleep under a fan at night. Doesn't make sense, does it? For them for them it does. Uh, an interesting thing that Madhav Gopinath, Prabhu, noted to me, this is off the topic of Brahmacharya. This is the topic of krihastas moving to the farms. It's in many, he said, in many cases, it's the the women who suffer most by going to the farm because for the men, if if the women are staying at home, then at home they have mixie, maybe a washing machine. They can buy all their spices ready ground. And, but if, if they go to the farm, then they don't have a mix, at least on our farms. They don't have all these facilities. They have to wash the clothes by hand. They may have to bring drinking water. They may have to carry drinking water. Whereas for the men, it's a great relief because if they're working like 48 hours a day, then their workload, goes, their workload should go down. And you know they're not working among karmis, and often nasty people. Often in the uh, in the workplace they're working among that. I know the short experience I had. Uh, some people are just nasty for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with them, but they were just nasty to me anyway. Because I guess they're just so frustrated in their in their work life and their family life that they just you know. I was young, and they could take it out of out of me, so uh, yeah, that's one one thought mm. health yeah they they they're not fit to be brahmacharya because they're so sick that they can't get up in the morning, they can't do much service. If someone like that wants to join, no. No, no, they shouldn't, we shouldn't join. We can't, we can't turn, you know, with all due respect to the, uh, to the fans of hospitals in Islam, we don't want to turn our temples into hospitals. Yeah, even they may desire, but it's just their bad luck. What They, they should get their health together and then come. If someone's already admitted in the temple and they get sick, then we, it's our duty to look after them to the fullest extent possible. But we shouldn't ad, we shouldn't admit someone who needs to be admitted to a hospital. And there are many there are cases like that. Uh, you may have heard there's a series of lectures by Amrit Swami on preaching in the modern cities. Of course, his experience is mostly in New Zealand and Australia, in the West, not here. So, I don't remember much about what he said. I, I listened to a whole series of lectures. At one point that really s- struck me, he said that um, most people who could be Full time devotees, preachers, or just most people nowadays, by the age of 20, they're already physically and mentally wrecked. Because, you know, they start having sex at a very young age, they take lots of intoxication. They themselves don't have any good home background, so they're, you know, emotionally disturbed right from the beginning. And so he has a program to put people, like in a halfway house, for at least a year, so they can practice, they can go, they can go on doing their work or whatever, living with other aspiring devotees, and just try and get their work on their health with yoga and Ayurveda or whatever, and just by associating with devotees, let them become a little more sane before they join. I mean, the West is just a mess. If you see that like 70% of people in America during their life, they, they seek psychiatric help, you can just understand what the condition is. I mean, in America, go to America, I mean, most people, you know, they're, they're nice people. But you know, I don't know what's going on in their heads. It's 70%. I mean, they're nice, the way they deal with you is friendly and nice and this and that. But uh, severe psychological and social problems. And that's the kind of people that we're preaching among. And it's increasing more in India, of course. as As, the, as they bring in the Western culture then naturally all the problems will come with it. And we're seeing also Vaman Prabhu, all of how old? Thirty-two, something like that? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. He's got diabetes, which it used to be an old person's disease. It it requires some Physical strength to get up every morning, early in the morning, be engaged all day. Six, to five, three, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's another thing. That there are those who preach from the beginning better to be a grihasta. Even to young men who they could be brahmacharis. So well, you know, I'm against that. Let, if young men are good material for being brahmacharis, let them be. There are some grihasthas who seem to have the mentality that, you know, all these brahmacharis are useless. And they, none of them should be. But one thing, one attitude is they're useless. they you know, they're not. They all have material desires, so why are they brahmacharis? And then there are others who think, you know, brahmacharya is very bad, everyone should just stay, they should be responsible citizens and look after their parents and get married and have children. So, I'm against that. We should encourage young men who are suitable for it to be brahmacharis. Not that we encourage everyone. And then you get some people who are not fit to be brahmacharis. they're not fit to be grihasthas they're just so irresponsible. You know anyone like that? I'm thinking of someone in Croatia. Just it's just Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy that they're chanting Hare Krishna, but not not fit they're not fit for the material world and they're not fit for the spiritual world what should they do merge in the impersonal brahman yes. they're not fit for that either <laughs> <laughs> that's another category those who they don't want to be a full time brahman and they don't want to they don't want to marry they they want to work and just uh, Live without a because you can do so, and you can get you can get your meals from some cafe or something. I mean, it's it's very common in the West. So the people they just live alone, but that's irresponsible. You should either take the responsibility for a family, or take the responsibility for preaching and pushing forward the mission and serving Guru. But just living alone and without any Any family and just working and living, that's not proper. You should be in some ashram. Then you get other cases, it's a complex world. I know of two cases where the wife is just, you know, she doesn't want to live with her husband. But she refuses to divorce him also. <laughs> this one devotee in Udupi told me. That. I, was asking, I said to him, why aren't you married? You know, said, I, he said, I am married. I said, oh, really? I never saw your wife. No, he said, I, I, I married her. And then after marriage she said, I'm not going to live with your parents. He said, you can come and live with my parents. He said, forget it. You're supposed to live with my parents. So she left him and then she refused, she said to him that no, I'm not going to divorce you. You, You'll be miserable now because you didn't do what I said. So he's working, looking after his parents without a wife. What a mess this world is. Therefore we need to establish Varnashram. But again, it's very difficult because the world's such a mess, and, you know, we're trying to preach. Brahmachās should be Brahmachās, Grihastas should be good Grihastas. And then in the meantime, you know, one of our Grihastas runs off with another Grihastas wife or something like that. And then what do you do? Well, after all, their devotees, and then you accept them back. Then others come and say, hey, look, you can run off with someone's wife and get away with it. Or you can divorce... And get away with it. So then it start, We see that in different countries. I can think of Croatia and Czech Republic. There was no divorce. And then just one or two leaders did it. And then the whole floodgates opened. So that when people. Then they're just like karmis. So they, they marry and the, the devotees, supposed to be the, they marry and they're always uh, thinking in the back of their mind, you know, well, you know, my friend's wife. She seems better than my wife. They're always thinking like that. It, it may been, I don't know. I can't say that. It's, I, I don't accuse... It's not that everyone's thinking like that, but... it's you know, How can you establish Varnashram in, in such a situation? There's no control. And someone asked this in... Uh, that no, can't actually just ask that in, in Bangalore so why do we always emphasize women's role so much why not men's and I, I said that well you see the women are supposed to be subservient to the men but you can't force that if you try to, by law you, you you can't even talk about it so it's up to them to understand it and voluntarily submit. Whereas previously, they were just controlled. They didn't have any choice. Now if you say that, that women should be controlled, as Prabhupada said, as all the Shastras say, then even within our risk you'll be heavily admonished for saying such a thing. So it makes it very difficult when the laws are against us, when the devotees don't believe what Prabhupada says and they believe instead what some screwed up psychologists say it becomes very difficult Mm. In Mayapur you met a medical doctor who has been Serving the Brahmachais for the last fifteen years, he visits them every week or so. He tells them, why don't you take care of your bodies? why don't you take care of your They preach to him that they're not the body. Well, that's another foolishness, isn't it? In the Brahmacharis in, in Mayapur they, they, they almost all suffer from digestive problems due to having you know, heavy meals two or three times a day and not much active work. In um, Moscow, in the, in the Brahmachari ashram, Goswami Maharaj Bhaktivigyan Goswami Maharaj he Made part of the morning program, 45 minutes yoga every morning, because the brahmacharis are all sick. How about that? Better to, uh, better be health, better do some yoga than spend half your life visiting doctors and this and that. I'm not against that. They have Mongolati at four o'clock. They have a long morning program because they have to fit in like 45 minutes yoga maybe it's a good idea I mean I try to do exercises for some time every day yeah Well, have got a lot of questions there. yes sometimes I have the policy that before someone joins they have to work outside for some time to see how much they're responsible what are their motives for coming to join so that they don't just join uh, what's the word whimsically there's another term I'm looking for anyway they don't join whimsically Yeah, well, it can have its value, especially if they're able to associate with devotees during that time. Again, I think you have to see on a case-by-case basis. Having them work outside for some time, well, in most cases in India, um, those who have been through an education, they have debts to pay. For their education so that's one reason to work to pay off the debt uh, another thing is that later on they might think that well I could have been a you know, I could have had a successful career or they may have that in their mind whereas if they go to work they can experience how unpalatable it is to be in that situation, how much better it is to be in brahmacharya life. So there are some, there are some advantages to that. Although it may not be in every case. We've seen some devotees who, here in India also, who've, who've left their education midstream without even finishing it and join full-time, and they're doing well. Yeah, Gaur Bhagawan had a question next. uh, Grehastas who want to marry but don't want to have children, and they preach that, well, children are just a nuisance, they interfere with your preaching... Yeah, well, that's one of my observances. That first of all, women don't want to get young girls don't want to get married, so you have to tell them to get married. Then they don't want to have children, so you have to preach them to have children. And then when they have children, they don't look after them because they're too busy working or preaching or whatever. Then why get married at all if you don't? What's it just for? For sex or companionship or what? Prabhupada, he he would always quote Manu, that uh, putrate kriyate bharya, one marries to have a son. And the next line is putra pinda prayojanam, a son is required for offering pinda, although as Gorya Vaishnavas, we don't do that. At least we don't do it in the way that the smarthas do. But Prabhupada would often preach that. He would quote that. Anyway, there are so many ideas going around. But what often happens is that young girls don't want to get married. Then around the age of thirty they think, ah, I'm not married. And all of a sudden they want to get married. But if there's any young man who wants to get married, they want to marry a younger girl, so it becomes very difficult for them then okay they get married then they don't have children then they're almost 40 and they think oh i want to have children and becomes very difficult for them to conceive so uh, this is quite common as i've seen so it's better we follow the system that is given by nature that Shastra recommends that Prabhupada recommends girls get married at a young age they have children Plenty of children, but nowadays it's uh, having children also it's it's so expensive to have children. You can't afford to have children in India. And in the West they just think children are just a headache. that's just a nuisance. if If the child remains in the house up to up to age eighteen, they kick them out. It's their eighteenth birthday present. I've looked after you long enough, get out of here. There are different cases. Generally at the age 18 they go to college and this and that. But we see if they're, if they're a good parents so they can be... You know, it makes a difference. to It really makes a lot of difference how, to, the, to people how their, how their parents raise them and look after them and impart values to them or don't look after them don't impart values to them it makes a lot of difference that's why Arjuna talks about Varna Sankara because if kids are just wild then what kind of society can you expect we see even now Well, I often think of, uh, you know, in Dubai, Shrivala Bananda Kumar, their parents. I mean, their father's like very principled I know you don't agree with everything you said, but, but you know, he's a, he's a very principled and moral person, very strong, that his children should be well behaved like that, and they're happy. And they're also, you know. I don't think in the life of Srivallava and Nanda Kumar they ever contemplated any gross immorality or any such thing, because they were raised like that. And the whole family has become good devotees. So, you see, a, he, of course, his wife is supporting him well from the background, but especially their fathers. He took the trouble to be very strong. You could have, you know, you can just let your kids run wild here and there. It's very strong to discipline them. They appreciate that, and uh, you see, they've also become outstanding people in their own respect. The desire to marry or the feeling that I need to marry sometimes comes. Sometimes, in not many cases, comes after many years of steady brahmacharya life so that may happen also it's not often but it does sometimes in such case we should try to dissuade the persons it may happen due to uh, slackness one may think well I've been practicing strongly for 30 years now now I don't need to rise early or chant my rounds properly or I, I can just maybe I'll chant a few less rounds or or one may there may be various reasons that one thinks that one is more advanced than one actually is, maybe because others praise him as being advanced or, or you know, unwillingness to do service. You know, why should I do that service? now I should be served. I'm older or something like that. So that may come. Another point which I should have mentioned yesterday, which I did not do, is that among the Brahmachais who want to get married, Uh, many do so in a cool-headed and responsible way, which is the way it should be done. One should approach uh, one's authority and and state that this is the position, and then do it in a a responsible manner. Not that you're just flipping out and like that.